CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Don and I here on Your Money and Your Life. And this week on the show, we're going to talk about, well, the end of the year, year-end planning. It's still not too late to do some things. So we're going to jump into that topic this week. And as always, if you've got questions, need help, reach out to Don, CPA and CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. Find him online at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. My friend, we are moving at uh, lightning speed or or our favorite movie, one of my daughter and I, uh, Ludicrous Speed, towards the Christmas and New Year holiday. How you doing, my friend? Yeah, Mark, the last time we spoke was uh, Thanksgiving week, right? About a week mm-hmm. or two ago. Yep. And of course, we hope you and your family had a fantastic holiday week. But in my neighborhood, Mark, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. The neighborhoods are all lit up with displays and few of my neighbors are really going all out on lighting their homes and lawns. Do you have any of this going on in your neighborhood? Uh, well, I'm, I'm in the sticks. So we have a couple. Uh, you uh, have to go down the, the, the country road there. But yeah, there's one or two that get really crazy. Um, but since we don't have a lot of traffic, some do, some don't. So kind of back and forth. But yeah, thanks for the holiday wishes. I hope everybody uh, and you as well had a great holiday. So yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it looks like in this neighborhood, like a couple of houses, like the uh, the uh, Christmas Vacation movie with Chevy Chase. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Where the house is just over the top. I don't want to feel like I'm keeping up with the Joneses, but I looked into getting a company to install Christmas lights on my house. Right. Yeah, I don't want to climb up on ladders anymore. Just, Did, you know, yeah. Didn't you do that a couple of years ago? Yeah, a few times we've done yeah. it. Um, we've done it, uh, I guess, recently. is about two years ago. Yeah. But the prices have skyrocketed pa- compared to a, a couple of years ago when we had it done. I mean, forget about 8% inflation. It's more like 80% <laughs> inflation. Yeah, right. I don't know where, you know, I guess there's a demand for this, but it's amazing how much more expensive it's gotten. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, it's like everybody under the sun. I don't know about you, but I mean, like everything was a Black Friday, Cyber Monday, like email, ad, something or another, text. I mean, all sorts of just bombardment about the holiday shopping stuff this year. Uh, and, and it seems to, I mean, I guess it's worked because over the past week or so, it looks like we've had better than expected economic data there. So uh, that's good. But, you know, yet the market still has dropped and had downturns. What are we to make of that, man? Yeah, it's a great, great point, great question. And, and there's so much conflicting data and opinions being opined out there in the media, Mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you mentioned, we have strong employment, uh, holiday retail sales really high. You know, of course, low unemployment, strong employment, strong wage gains. Uh, yet we hear all the time about the prospects of this looming in, uh, recession, mm-hmm. right? And, and right now, all the pundits are really trying to read the tea leaves, so to speak, about what's likely to happen at the next uh, Federal Reserve meeting next week. And the thinking is we may see maybe a bit of a slowdown from these uh, three quarters of a point rate hikes to maybe a half a point, half a percent right. this time, and maybe less as we move into the future, into 2023. Yeah, I know they made that comment the other day. The time we're taping this, this is our early December uh, podcast. We'll be back with one more here to wrap up the year uh, just before Christmas. But yeah, it, it, there's oddly enough, it, it, is, it does seem like there's bad economic news. Uh, the higher un, unemployment, weaker consumer spending and home sales, 
typically is good for the stock market, um, but it means the Federal Reserve is likely to hit the brakes on those increases. Yeah, that's exactly, you know, you hit the, the nail on the head. You know, sometimes bad economic news, oddly enough, is good news for the stock market, right? You wouldn't think, right? right? Because they're thinking, ah, if, if unemployment's a little bit higher, maybe consumer spending's a little weaker, home sales seem to be off because of um, lack of demand, higher interest rates, it's uh, conversely becomes better for the stock market, even with recessions. We went through this last time. Uh, it doesn't seem to have a lot of impact. There's not a direct correlation between recessions and the stock market. So uh, you're right on that. But you know, on a related point, I mm -hmm. remember a time not long ago when what happened in Washington, D.C. stayed in Washington, D.C., right? <laughs> it wasn't the main thing in the news every single day. Every single hour, it seems oh, like. You know, you get alerts on your phone. It's constant. Now it seems like politics and whether it's you know the, our politicians in Washington and runoff elections yesterday, things like that, and the Federal Reserve, and it's always in the headline of the news, and it, it's part of like everything we do in life, uh, especially in the world of uh, finance. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and it goes right back to one of the core tenets that we talk about quite often, which is, you know, we say it all the time in relation to planning is the stock market reacts to news and news is unpredictable. Therefore, the stock market is always going to be you know, unpredictable. It's kind of the nature of the beast. It's exactly true. And you don't really need to look any further than what happened in China, right, over uh, the Thanksgiving weekend mm. to see how the markets react to unforeseen news. So on Black Friday, all the eyes were on retail sales and what that could look like. And, you know, we'll see if that bodes well for the following week to how markets react. And over the weekend, there was this massive COVID protest all over China. And on Monday, the markets all over the world tanked. Yep. Uh, then China all of a sudden starts reversing COVID lockdowns and the markets uh, went back up. So nobody saw that coming and it was just totally unpredictable news. Yeah. Well, it gets back to, again to that value of solid patient prudent planning. So let's switch gears as we head into the final weeks of the year and discuss some of those year-end moves that maybe can help folks save some money or ease their minds as we do move into 2023. Yeah, you know, a few things to keep in mind as we head into the new year. Uh, we talked about this in the past. The law that's pending in Washington, Mark, to change the IRA rules yet again, mm -hmm. uh, has not been signed into law. They're calling this uh, the SECURE Act 2.0. And the changes are designed to do things like expand access to retirement plans at work and you know, give additional investment options, increase savings, simpler plan administration. But the, the big change for many people planning is this change to the age of the first required IRA distribution age from age 72 to perhaps 73 or 74 or I think the Senate version is changing it to age 75, but this should also be known as the first mandatory income tax age due for your IRA. It's, the reason is the IRA forces you, I'm sorry, the IRS forces you to take money from your IRA and pay taxes. A lot of acronyms there, Mark. IRS, IRA, it's easy to get confused. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, it's, not a, it's not like they're easy by any means. Yeah, And of course, they're, they've been yeah, waiting yeah. on their money, right? They they want their dough, so they've been waiting around. And you know, even if they pass that, and I think if you think about the secure, the first time the secure act, it was in December. 
I think they, they kind of snuck it in like right at the deadline uh, the first time they went through. So even if this gets passed into law, the changes would obviously take effect for, for next year. Yeah, it, it will. And you're right about the Secure Act the first time. They tend to like pass these things often in these lame duck sessions of Congress or the very end of the year, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, right before Christmas when they head out for two weeks of vacation. But likely, just like the SECURE Act the first time, and what happened with the tax changes that passed into law in 2017, uh, that went into effect in, in 2018. Yeah. Well, hit us with some moves to consider as the year's winding down. So a few things come to mind when we do year-end uh, planning with our clients. The first, of course, uh, we've talked about in the past is Roth IRA conversions. So the reason we look at this now is uh, the historically low tax rates that exist now expire by law in three years. So if Congress doesn't do anything to change, the tax rates revert back to the old tax rates in 2017. So we have an opportunity to move money from the taxed later bucket, I call the traditional IRA, into the taxed never bucket, the Roth IRA. So taxes are paid today on the IRA funds converted. I call it letting the air out of the tax bubble a little at a time (laughs) when you convert your uh, IRA to a Roth IRA. And you think of it this way, if you have an IRA with let's say a million dollars, the IRS kind of has a tax lien on that money mark at whatever your tax rate is when you take the money from the account mm-hmm. or you leave it to your family. So after the money gets into the Roth IRA and the money just continues to grow there tax-free for the rest of your life, and if you're married, it's for both you and your spouse if they're the beneficiary, which they typically are. And as an additional benefit, unlike the regular traditional IRA, there's no required distribution when you're 72. So you have total control over the money for the rest of your life, you know, which could be 10, 20, 30 years or longer, depending upon your age and health. And one little sidebar to this, Mark, if you're making a Roth IRA conversion this month, this year, be sure to account for it in your fourth tax estimate due on January 16th Mm. of the coming year. That's a good point. Yeah. And certainly this is something that can benefit a lot of people doing Roth conversions. But, you know, are there people that investor types that it does not benefit? Yeah, that's a good question too. I mean, I encounter this fairly regularly as well. So if you're still in a high tax bracket, um, or if you don't plan on leaving your account to your children, it may not be a good move. Right. So, you know, I have a fair amount of clients who are single, unmarried, no children. So they're not really thinking about uh, money that gets left to their spouse, Mark, or, or their kids. It's more of a concern for themselves. So they're not really compelled to do tax planning for the benefit of extended family. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if someone plans on, on leaving money uh, to their extended family or, or a charity, there's better moves than than the uh, Roth conversion. Okay, like what? Okay, this gets into the next move, uh, strategizing the charitable deductions for this year. So last year there was, I'm not sure if you remember this, there was this, like an automatic $300 or $600 donation deduction for non-itemizers. Hmm. So that, that was like right on the front page of the 1040, even if you don't itemize. Uh, but that's not true this year. But however, due to the increase in the standard deduction, again, via the 2017 tax change, currently right now, like 
87% of people, Mark, take a standard deduction. So they right. don't itemize. Yeah, we don't hit that number. Yeah, we don't. I mean, if you're married, it's almost $26,000 standard right. deduction. If you're over 65, it's about $29,000. So the bottom line is that for most people, they get zero tax benefit for giving money to a charity. So here's what you can consider. One strategy is to bunch the charitable gifts into one year. So think about it this way. If you give, let's say, $15,000 a year to charities, uh, give the $15,000 in January, so next month, instead of December, mm -hmm. next month, and maybe another $15,000 next December. That way you would be giving $30,000 in one year, spread over 11 months, but still in the same tax year. Hmm. And you could add that to your other itemized expenses like state and local inc uh, local taxes up to $10,000, as well as things like the mortgage interest and maybe some medical de uh, expense deductions. Nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. So can't people also give away appreciated assets? That's true. People can do that as well. You know, you can give away appreciated property that's held longer than one year. These would be things like uh, collectibles or stock with low tax basis, you know, something that people bought many years ago. Okay. Let's say they bought, I don't know, Apple stock at a very low price, and now they have $50,000 worth of Apple stock that cost them, you know, $800. Gotcha. Okay. They can give that away, take the tax uh, deduction, or, you know, maybe a, a similar concept, a low basis investment property that they bought many years ago that they don't plan on using. Okay. Um, can you gift an IRA? You know, that's a question that's... Or from uh, an IRA, that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you're gifting it from an IRA. The, the answer is maybe, Okay. <laughs> like many things in planning. It really depends on your age, okay? So this is the rule. It could be a great move for gifting a part of your IRA to a charity if the person is over 70 and a half. 70 and a half. Wait, thought it was 72. Okay, good point. It's uh, the first required distribution from the IRA is at age 72. Uh -huh. But oddly, when they made that change a couple of years ago, they kept the IRA gifting age at 70 and a half. It's a total quirk. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just to make it more confusing for you. Right. Uh, but you can do it at 70 and a half. It's, the gift is called a qualified charitable distribution. Yeah. I've heard the QCD. I just didn't realize that it was 70 and a half. That's funny. Yeah, it's so QCD, you can make a direct distribution from your IRA to a charity. And here's the kicker, Mark. It does not count as a taxable event. So it's wonderful for people who happen to be over age 72 because the amount that you give, up to $100,000 is the limit, that counts toward the required distribution that you have that year. And uh, we just did four of these this week for one client. Oh, nice. Well, can you give us kind of a, a more of an example of that? Okay. So here's an example. Let's say that your required IRA distribution for the year is $50,000, okay. right? Not yeah. unusual, right? That amount is additional taxable income to all of your other income that year, like a pension maybe, or social security, interest, dividends, things like that. And if you're at a 24% tax bracket, that 
IRA distribution is an extra $12,000 in federal income tax. So here's the way it works. If you made a $10,000 qualified charitable distribution to a charity, Mm -hmm. you only have a $40,000 in taxable income from the IRA. The $10,000 that went to the charity Mm -hmm. doesn't show up as income. And since many people don't itemize, as we mentioned before, this would save about $2,400 in federal taxes. That's pretty sweet, especially if you're charitable-minded, right? So that's just, Absol- Absolutely. Yeah, that's a nice bonus on top of that. But I'm sorry, were you going to say? Go ahead. No, it's a total kicker, right? Because you get the benefit of the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. And if you're charitably inclined anyway, you're giving funds from the IRA to the charity. It's a total win-win. Another side benefit to that, Mark, and a lot of people totally dismiss this benefit, is since the $10,000 gift doesn't show up as income, it reduces what's known as the adjusted gross income that's used to calculate the Medicare Part B premium. Remember we talked about that, the IRMA penalty? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so if you're doing this kind of a gift, it could keep you out of that Medicare surcharge category. Kind of the gift that keeps on giving, kind of just keeps getting better. So, all right, I got to ask you the same question as before then. So who is this not for? Yeah, that's another good question. So if obviously, if you need all the money from the IRA to live on, clearly it's not for you. Right. Uh, also, I share with people, uh, like if you're going to write $50 checks to the Salvation Army, which is great, or, or various charities, small gifts, Mark, it's really probably not worth it. Okay. There's a lot of paperwork involved with this. Speaking of the paperwork, one more thing to add. In my experience, it it can be really easy, Mark, to mess this up. There needs to be coordination between the gift giver and the tax preparer to be sure that the tax preparer is 100% sure that you're making a qualified gift from your IRA or the tax benefit could be missed. Now, think of it this way. When you give your CPA all of your tax information during the filing season, let's say it's January, February, that kind of that time of year, they are totally slammed with paperwork. I've seen this get lost in the shuffle. And when you get the letter from the charity acknowledging your gift, which happens every time you give a gift to a charity, Mark, mm-hmm. you absolutely have to keep that letter for tax reasons. There are stories that, that I've heard and I've read of, uh, of gifts not being accepted just because people throw out the letter. Mm, yeah. Well, to me, that just drives home the fact of why you, you know, you have to have a professional in your corner, you know, and obviously, Don, you do this uh, all the time. So as a CPA and a CFP, so, you know, get yourself onto the counter, have a conversation, uh, you know, and just have these chats uh, that you need to have. There's lots of, of interesting nuance, like Don just highlighted here for us, for, especially with year-end planning. So if you need some help, reach out to him. Get on the calendar at Donald W. Cash and Associates. Have that strategy call, that strategy session. Uh, get started that way. You can reach out to him at 800-664-1183, 800-664-1183, or just stop by the website donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Uh, you know, since it's almost the holiday here, Don, we haven't done a getting to know you in a little bit. So why don't we finish up with with one of these things, if you're if you're game? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, if you could have a video made or done of any particular event in your life, 
what might you choose? Now, I, I guess it could be like you may have had done one done for your wedding or something like that, but what would it be? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that question, Mark, because over the Thanksgiving weekend, my wife and daughter received something called a legacy box. Do you ever hear of that? No, uh-uh. They do a lot of advertising. It's basically one of these services where you send away uh, all of your old videotapes. Oh. And they catalog it, and they put it on the cloud. Besides cataloging it, they kind of put it in chronological order. Do you, you follow? Somehow yeah. they, they know yeah. like which one's the old ones and which ones are the new ones. Mm-hmm. So um, they did that actually back in the summertime, and they just got this back, this compilation, right around Thanksgiving. So um, they had it done, and we have all these old videos from you know, our family, our wedding, of course, uh, when we were young. And my wife's side of the family, some of these go back to like the 1960s. Hmm, Mark. Like these old, I bet, super. I bet that videos. was interesting to look at. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's wild to see. You know, my in-laws at uh, very young ages. So we watched par- some parts of our wedding video, uh, which was a lot of fun. It's it's sad to look at all the people dancing around during the reception, who are no longer with us and have passed away. It does yeah. make you put your own life in perspective. Sure. And, um, we played a little funny game when we were looking at the uh, the video called, okay, who is deceased or divorced? <laughs> <laughs> right. We're like, oh, there's this person. No, they, that was her second husband. Yeah, they're not together, right? Yeah. They're they're not, yeah. Oh, it was surprising to see how, how many people who were divorced. We should do another show around uh, planning a divorce because obviously it's, it's something. It's that massive, it, yeah. It affects a lot of people. But yeah. I'm super happy that we recorded the, the wedding. That would be the one thing that I would really have regretted if we didn't. But to answer your question, I would love to have had like a lot of my own childhood experiences on video like my kids have. Yeah, totally different uh, from our time frames, right? Oh, totally. I mean, things like my high school or college graduation or you know, high school sporting events, you know, baseball games, track events, things like that. You know, we've recorded a lot of these things with our kids over the years. But, yeah. you know, when I was a kid, a, a video recorder was like space age stuff. It was like, <laughs> no one had that. You're dragging out the Super 8 or whatever kind of thing to get some stuff where now everybody, you know, 40 people at a wedding now have, you know, they just pull their cell phone out and film it. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I did, did your kids get a good giggle out of seeing some of that old stuff? If you guys, oh, uh, they're probably they, like, who's that? It's me. <laughs> oh, exactly. Look at you too. You were so young, meaning yeah. my wife and myself. Yeah. And yeah. it's a lot of, and it's, it's particularly poignant now because I mentioned my daughter's getting married in June. That's right. Yeah. And they're planning the wedding now. So, you know, you look back and, and you watch the video and, you know, nowadays it's just about a given that everyone gets their wedding videoed and mm-hmm. photography. And, you know, now they're talking about having drones there, Mark, at the oh event. Oh, my. So, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a lot more elaborate than it was years ago when we got married. Well, that's awesome. Well, very cool. Well, thanks for playing along and answering that. And, folks, thanks for listening to the show. As always, we appreciate your time. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, consider doing so. Again, you can find all the information. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify. You can simply type in your money and your life into the search box of any of those apps. Uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts, for example, just open the app and type in your money and your life. You should find it that way. But if not, you can always just go to Don's website, donaldcash.com. 
That's donaldcash.com, and that's where you can you know, go to if you need to sit down and have a conversation and get started as well. So a lot of good tools, tips, and resources to be found there on the website, and there is a podcast page link, so you can click that as well. And uh, Don, thanks for hanging out, my friend, and I'll see you in a couple weeks right before Christmas. Thanks, Mark. See you soon. We'll see you folks next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.